0: Hello, welcome again to the Music Ally Focus podcast with me Music Ally's editor Joe Sparrow and well every time we invite Music Ally's head of insight Stuart Dredge onto the show everyone tells me how good it is and we get lots more listeners so we're going to try and do it more often Um, uh, hopefully once a month from now on so we've invited Stu onto this podcast uh, to talk to me about one particular topic in depth and throw in some analysis and future thinking as well. We're going to talk about whether music streaming counts as radio, uh, and what that means in a philosophical and legal sense. Uh, so there we go. Let's jump over to Stu right now. Well, it's a wonderful day here on the Music Alive podcast, as ever, when I am joined by my colleague, Stuart Dredge. Stu, good to see you again.
1: Hello. Yes. How are you?
0: I, well, I, I feel a bit bad. I, I've, I've described you as a colleague, but uh, <laughs> I haven't given you your full job title. That's
1: on my business card, colleague.
0: Yes, colleague, just good colleague, Stu. Uh, Music Highlight's head of Insight. And uh, Stu and I, uh, once a month, we talk through uh, one of the most pressing or interesting or most sort of knotty issues in the music industry at the moment. And uh, we have a good one today, which I'll I'll pose you as a question, Stu. Is music streaming radio? Discuss.
1: Discuss, yeah. It's, it's a big thing. It's been on our minds recently, I think, because mm. there's been just a few more news stories about streaming and radio. Um, but it's kind of something we've been thinking about for quite a long time as well. So I was just remembering like the launch of Apple Music when the fact they had live radio stations was a kind of the yeah. most surprising part of it. And then Pandora was, was always a personal radio service and it described itself as that and it had stations. So this idea of like streaming services, Having radio or radio-like features is so well established now; it's not a new thing at all. Um, but yeah, and there's a, there's been this bigger picture, I suppose, of like streaming services getting more like radio, and also streaming services wanting to compete with radio, and they want to attract listeners away and advertisers away. So I think mm-hmm. Spotify has been the most explicit with this. I think they said they want to, you know, everything. I think thing like everything on demand, you no, know, everything mm-hmm. linear dies, and everything on demand wins. And that yes. was their big, we're going to kill radio message. Um, Which hasn't actually panned out
0: quite like that, has it? Because I'm, there's a lot of... Radio is still here. I listen to a lot of radio and I listen to a lot of uh, streaming platforms. So it's, it's, people are p- perhaps finding a balance. It's always but the case, is, isn't it?
1: Nothing ever kills anything straight away. Well, yeah. obviously humans kill each other straight away. But in terms of business, whenever well, it's like <laughs> such and such is a blah killer... Like even you could argue that Facebook killed MySpace, but that took about what four years. It mm, wasn't like mm. an instant blow. So, so yeah. But I mean, there's there's less, there, there seem to be several strands of things happening at the moment. So one is these kind of services that you could describe as user generated radio. So Station Head is a good example. The app and Amazon has got Amp. They have the or Amp thing, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, and it's basically anyone can host their own station and talk like a radio station and play music and the music is streaming. So it's kind of a radio laid on top of streaming and anyone can do it. Although they they, they do also get celebrities and artists in to do it. So there's like famous hosts. But you, Yes, I Amazon has it. been
0: quite aggressive there, haven't they? But bringing in yeah. sort of uh, celebrity, I think Nicki Minaj did uh, some yeah. shows. And, uh, and stations
1: like had done stuff with fan hours in it? So that's happening. But also recently we had a couple of stories. So one was about Sirius XM, which is a big satellite radio broadcaster yeah. in the US. And that owns Pandora. So that's been a streaming plus radio company for a while now. But it's been talking about its plans for a next generation version. And that's going to be kind of bringing streaming and radio closer together. And they've been kind of, they haven't given many details of what it will be like, but they have said it's about younger listeners. And younger listeners expect there to be more of, you know, that they've grown up on streaming. And if they're going to listen to radio, they want it to be more like that. So that's the kind of direction of travel for them is like, how can we bring streaming and you know, it wouldn't surprise me if it was kind of all one service. You know, Pandora with yeah. SiriusXM, but they haven't said anything about that. So why that's... is this? Why is this an issue then?
0: Because why is who cares essentially if if spot if streaming is radio and what what are the implications? Like you said, various platforms have called features of theirs radio for a yeah. very long time, but why is this now a thing that actually has meaning beyond sort of just the... the the naming of features what happens if streaming or parts of streaming is considered as radio
1: well that's the thing so whatever it is that streaming wants to grow it wants to grow its revenues and we talk a lot about subscription price rises and how we need to put the price of subscription up to make more money but Mm. advertising is part of this too and the radio advertising industry globally is still huge like radio is still the lion's share of audio advertising and there's a lot of money there if if streaming services can attract again attract listeners attract the brands across so that's, that's part of it i think is that that if streaming can present itself as a competitor radio and as radio like it's simultaneously like right well the, the brands will spend money there and because it's familiar to them because it's like radio they won't feel too worried about it being brand new so that's kind of one of one is like there's a bunch of money that could be siphoned away from the radio industry towards streaming and this, that's if it's successful at it becoming a royal, that's one. And then it's kind of the royalty side as well, which mm. is different depending on where you are in the world. So in the UK, people are quite, artists are pretty happy with their radio royalties in terms of what they get paid because they get a yeah. decent amount per spin on the radio. And that money is collected and then divided between labels and artists. So they kind of come straight to them rather than going through their label to them based on the contract. So they get a bigger share of radio royalties than they do of streaming royalties, and they're quite happy. And the debate in the UK has been, why don't we apply that to streaming if streaming becomes more like radio? So if there's a radio feature on Spotify, shouldn't those streams be divided using equitable remuneration, which is the term for the radio? So there's that whole debate going on about, should streaming royalties be more like radio royalties in the UK? Um, And as streaming gets more like radio, it gives those campaigners kind of fire in their bellies to say, yes, it should. Yeah, so um, what they're saying here for clarity is they're not saying we think there
0: should be more, uh, more money per stream. What they're talking about is the features on on streaming platforms where you press a button and then the yeah. streaming platform picks the songs for you and it just plays in a long, an infinite stream, like turning on the radio and you have you have just yeah. music coming it, at you and it's personalized, but it's it's just endless. And what they're saying is in that lean back environment, the 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 way that the royalty is paid to the uh, rights. Holders should be different, they're not saying there should be more for that kind versus on demand, but they're saying it should be just divided differently between the, the yeah.
1: stakeholders. So if you're listening to it like radio, shouldn't the royalty be paid out like radio? Um, because otherwise, if streaming does take over from radio, then artists suddenly see the percentage they're getting from from the income falls from whatever it is on radio to, to 20% on average on streaming. So yeah. so that's really, whereas in the US, you don't get public performance Performance royalties from radio, and that's a big bugbear. And there's a big mm. there's a bit a couple of bills, and there's lots of campaigns about radio should pay royalties. So over there, it's kind of like radio should pay royalties like streaming does, and the debate is flipped. Yeah. So but so that's why I think that there's all this policy stuff going on about, about how royalties are paid and what should happen. And as radio and doing get closer, I think it, it it just puts injects a new a new element and new kind of data points into that debate. Um and, and that's where you've got platforms like
0: Spotify are Doing things like introducing the AI DJ, mm. which is uh, the you know a personalised radio station for each listener, each user, and it has this it, <clears throat> to me slightly uh, cheesy but uh, enthusiastic uh, radio DJ who is saying, "Hey, I, I can see you've been listening to the Pixies recently, so here's uh, a Pixies song." And and but hmm. obviously there's there's scope there to introduce more tailored things like maybe weather forecasts, local news, uh, uh, text to voice things to make it into a sort of more DJ like experience, but this is really blowing the lines between what we expect of human delivered radio, radio station radio, and something from a platform, isn't it? So for people who are saying, "Hey, look, this this back service is essentially radio," having having an, a a feature like AI DJ and other platforms have similar stuff, it's <clears throat> it's sort of it, it's it's confirming that to an extent, isn't it? That do, it does sort of make the experience different.
1: It is. And it's very interesting because I think that the announcement this week we wrote about Spotify's DJ is it's rolling out. So it started in the US and Canada, maybe, then it went out to the UK and Ireland, and now it's in 50 countries suddenly. So it's a very big rollout this week to, to lots of places. Mm. Um interestingly, it's it's the same voice and it's in English, which I agree with you. I find it a little bit cheesy, and I think that's because we have both grown up with British radio and the BBC yeah. specifically. Yeah. And we're not maybe as used to that 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 kind of Pamegrin radio host that's on maybe the the, the networks big networks in the US. So kind of it's it, that's interesting. Like I think radio is very is very local, and personalized, and yeah. it'd be interesting to see if they do try and take it in that direction and say, well, we're going to have a British AA voice for the UK and, and so on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the interesting thing this week is part of that expansion. Um, Spotify said, and this, this is the quote: "It's that fans are spending nearly one third of their listening time with DJ." And then. what what I don't know is what the definition of fans is there. Do they mean yeah. fans of the DJ feature, i.e. the heaviest users are spending up to a third of their time, yeah. or do they mean anyone who's using it? Like, I, it, it'll be I'm not sure what the stat means. It may be just that the heaviest users have it for up to a third of their time, in which case it's not quite as significant a shift, but it does suggest it's popular. And once people start using it and liking it, they spend a lot of their time on Spotify listening to this AI DJ
0: yes that, that that was a figure that stood out to me and until you clarified it it did it seemed too good to be true that it was that higher percentage, but yes, fans of the feature listening to it that much, people who've engaged with it regularly or let's say it's i don't know i'm sticking my finger in the air here, but like let's say people who engage with it once a month, people who really engage with it they 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 enjoy it, and that also lends credence to that idea that people want a lean back radio like experience doesn't it and Daniel X said that they're going to be using, they've invested in AI technology, so that um, he's talking about advertising across the board at Spotify, whether it's visual advertising or if it's text-to-speech advertising, which could be inserted into podcasts or not a huge leap of the imagination to the AI DJ. So at what point does the personalization stop it from being classed as a radio station, like a radio station for one? Mm.
1: Well, it's weird, isn't it? Because you're also seeing some radio station uh, actual, sort of, I uh... I know we call it real radio, OG radio, like traditional broadcasters are going, actually, we're going to start using an algorithm to play instead of a DJ or we're going to have an, like, you're going to maybe see this creep into there as well. So they'll have, um, AI DJs (laughs) broadcasting. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I think it's, it's interesting because I find it quite uncanny valley and it makes you want to go and listen to a human talking to me. But I'm 45 and I grew up with radio. Like, like the kind of the cliche as you listen to the radio under the bed covers when you were a teenager. Yeah. Uh, that's, like a, that's like a UK music fan sort of trope, but for our age group, not for like 20 year olds. So clearly it is popular. I mean, the other thing we wrote about recently was we wrote about an Ofcom report here in the UK. So they're the communications regulator here. And they just asked people, they were asking people what online music services they used. And the top five were Spotify and YouTube and Amazon and BBC Mm. Sounds, which is a radio offshoot, and Apple Music. And they also asked them then what online radio services they used. And Amazon and YouTube and Spotify were in the top three there. Mm. So people, listeners, are thinking of these services as radio, not just as streaming. So listeners think of them as radio. You've got Spotify saying its most radio-like feature is really popular with the people who love it. And then you have this debate about, well, where is it going? What is streaming? What is radio anymore? I think Ofcom said that. What is radio anymore? If people who are in their 20s think of it as something different. Um, and it's one of those debates that can be about semantics, like what is radio and what isn't radio. But there are these very serious, well, there are these very important impacts, whether it's the royalties or whether it's on how we discover music and learn about it. Like you could argue that AI DJ on Spotify, right? I think he's just called DJ, isn't it? That we call, I could call it AI DJ, but I think he's just called I DJ. Think maybe. Mm, sure um, but you could argue that it's an improvement to streaming because it gives you context. Like there was a story about how they're doing some stuff around the hip hop 50th anniversary celebrations. And so now the Spotify DJ is telling you context for the artists and the tracks it plays on their hip hop tracks. And that's something that we've always complained about in music is missing from streaming. There's no context. So it's just a line on a playlist. Mm. So. Arguably, getting more like radio brings back some of that context that we would have used, we used to have got from human DJs. So, in a way, you can simultaneously worry about what it means for radio you love while also thinking this actually is an improvement to streaming because it's giving you more of that stuff around the music that makes you interested in artists rather than just a stream of music with no announcements and no kind of awareness of who's playing. I suppose. It's
0: interesting, isn't it? Because it, it it covers all ends of the spectrum. Uh, in in relation in the relationship between fans and music Mm. and you mentioned context there and of course a a artificially intelligent dj is going to be better at that and the context is going to be your context it's going to be tailored specifically to you the listener but then the reason i find myself going back to radio is to be guided yeah by a human being who is a deep expert in one field and says right i'm going to play an hour of this music you're, my job is to introduce you to things but you're probably if you like me and like this kind of music you're going to like this Same. and that's something which of course streaming platforms have attended to in the form of um, playlists for a long time that are curated by people but there's also a brand element there isn't it? if i go and listen to rinse fm to listen to a certain show of a certain genre of music it's because i believe in rinse fm i believe yeah. in the dj and I, I have faith that i'm going to discover something new it's a it's a little bit like following a, like a I don't know a DJ's playlist of everything they play, you know, on a streaming platform. So there's there's, there's a sort of brand reliability issue there, isn't there as well, where p- people are they want to be guided, and that is also radio. It's not just the context part, is it?
1: Exactly, and there are so many interesting things. I think this idea of like streaming killing radio. There are so many powerful things. So one one is the aspect of the the curator, the person you trust, person you like. You know, I mean, I think that's the thing about radio hosts. Is, you know, there are shock jocks, I suppose, well, but like with music radio, I think you like the host, you trust their taste. There's mm. um, also the live aspect, which I think is really important. The sense of they're talking to you live, and you're part of a community of listeners live. And I think certainly in the UK, there were. In, the, in this area of like social media, you've seen that creep in. So it's like, what do you think? Tweet us, text us. There's, and that, I think, is not just here's new technology we'll use. I think it's about the community in a sense of we're all listening. We can talk to you.
0: Well, And that's something interesting, isn't it? Because in, in the current sort of... <clears throat> multi-platform social media environment where there's just an endless stream of content. You're seeing the popularity of things like TikTok Live, where it's an event. You have to be there. Twitch. Yeah. You have to be there and see it. You can't watch it back, right? You've got That, that is definitely feeling like something which cuts through in the sort of endlessly archived everything. If you're not there, it sort of takes us back to the sort of 1990s, where if you, if you weren't into Watch Seinfeld, you missed that episode of Seinfeld. You know, and and you, you just you just got
1: on with life streaming becoming more like radio can actually make stream better, can bring maximum that context. And you've also got stuff like podcasts where a lot of the music radio DJs are also doing podcasts where they're bringing that knowledge um, and bringing that experience to a podcast and talking to you. And that's something that gets distributed on Spotify and Apple Music. So, you know, it's all coming together. But I do think, I do always want to kind of try and avoid that pitfall of thinking of streaming as like the innovative, disruptive geniuses kicking mm. stayed old broadcasting out. And that's... I think that's partly because like traditional radio is evolving, and you've seen catch up coming in. You've seen the shows evolve, and the way people talk. Like like radio isn't stuck in the mud. In in its best examples, I mean, there are there commercial radio stations that do sound super old and cheesy, and mm. uh, but also like it doesn't always work when streaming services try and copy radio. Like it's like mm. when 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 Facebook or when Meta copies someone else's app and it doesn't work. And there's a long list of that happening. Like Spotify tried to do uh, its clubhouse equivalent of uh, Spotify Green Room, yeah. which was kind of its live live talk radio play, and for a bit that seemed like the future. Like everyone was saying, clubhouse is amazing, and everyone was trying to copy it. And then they shut that down. It didn't quite work out for them, or or it became a big change of priority. So again, I don't think we can take it for granted that streaming will do radio like things, and they'll be as good, and people will like them. It's going to well, be Spotify a sense- has
0: invested extremely heavily as well in sort of personality led content. Yeah, famously a hundred million to Joe Rogan. Yeah, um, Harry and Meghan, the, the deal that didn't pan out, and, and, and a bunch of buying a bunch of podcast uh, networks, and then subsequently, um, you know, they they shut various components of that down and and have sort of moved away from it. So that it's that is kind of radio as well, isn't it? And they're, they're obviously investing money and in trying to make that mix work of what is the spontan- spontaneous unique um, yeah. personality led stuff what is the programmatic stuff and w- how do we place the person at the center and you know one argue, one one conclusion could be well it doesn't work like that you can't have radio design for one person because it's it's that's not radio I, it, 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 it's, it,
1: it's it's something else it's personalized kind of streaming here yeah yeah um
0: what what is the the outcome here could we touched on it before i just want to go back to it about the the idea around how What the consequences are of if, okay, if Ofcom is asking people who listen to radio and they're saying streaming is radio and the streaming platforms are making elements of their service, which is explicitly called radio or has features that are indistinguishable from radio. If it is radio, what is the knock on effects that we Uh might not be thinking about? And where does it all go from here?
1: Yeah, well, here in the UK, I think it does reignite that debate about should we have equitable remuneration for some element of streaming, because and if you're like Tom Gray, the campaigner, is a good example. You know, he said if it looks like radio and it sounds like radio, it's radio, and shouldn't we be paid accordingly? And the 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 people who have have not agreed with that, so the labels, label bodies, their argument has been it's not like radio, it's not radio, it's different. You know, you choose you choose to launch a stream, you choose to launch a playlist. There's still a choice. It's different. And it does it just gives I think gives the campaigners more ammunition and it gives the people who are not so keen on the R in streaming, it gives them a, a challenge or a question they need to answer. And the question and then and it depending on how that's then communicated, you've got the government and politicians looking at this kind of issue. So it will filter into that. It will filter into there, do does the law get changed? Does this come in? Is there pressure to do it? If there's pressure to do that what sort of solutions might the industry try and work out for itself to avoid it and so on. So yeah, it's all it's all kind of it all filters into the stuff that's happening around regulation in the streaming economy. Um but yeah, I think it's also important for just how we listen to music, like how this all how radio evolves and how streaming evolves. Because I think what we're all aware of now is we want we want people to care about artists so we want people to care about the music and not just passively listen to it. So it is important, I think. This, this evolves in a really creative, interesting way that that keeps those things at the heart. So I think we've had that point where we worried about music becomes just a line on a playlist. And if you're not listening or looking at a screen, not even that, it's just something playing in the background. Yeah, And I, and I feel like the bigger picture here of, of radio and streaming coming together is we're going to have that context and we're going to have that that kind of awareness of what we're listening to. And that is an improvement. And then it's all the fights around that about how people get paid for it that, that will be fun to watch.
0: And you know, we with. Let's bring it all the way back down to the other end of the of that chain. Let's say and say so we've talked about the listener and the radio experience in between them and the platforms. What about the artists? You mentioned earlier that they're they're some of them are are keen on. Uh, it being classed as radio so they can be paid in a different way, which means more money will come to them as a result of streams that are from this um, uh, this form of uh, streaming, this sort of lean-back form of streaming. Um, what does this say in terms of, you know, you mentioned there about discovery, which is highly important. Artists often say they feel like they're sort of uploading the song into the void and maybe the algorithm will pick them out and maybe it won't. There's something to be said here, isn't there, for, um, as, as we're finding across the board, with some changes... That could be made around how artists are, uh, let's say, having their work recommended, disseminated, and rewarded. And in this, you know, what's what's our conclusion from that? Because if radio has historically been different to streaming, but now there's elements of streaming that are like radio, that kind of it kind of backs their argument up to an extent, doesn't it?
1: I think so. I mean, it's a weird. It's a such a weird time to be an artist if you're, you know, if you're not a superstar. Because that's when you want. You want you want to be you want people you want to be found by you want your music to be found people love it, and you want to make enough money to earn a living and do music full time and then carry on and, and develop. That's basically the core of it. And it, it has been a nervous time. If you're finding out that you don't stream well, especially for some of the artists who traditionally did do well in certain from radio stations. And here in the UK again, I think we're very very sort of our own ecosystem of radio. But there were a lot there was a talk about the kind of the sixth music artist like artists who are kind of album artists, live artists, but they don't necessarily always stream well.
0: So That's uh, BBC Six Music, which is the sort of, like you say, the sort of album focused uh, alternative rock, slightly station
1: in the UK. They'll get across the you for that because there's there's lots of other stuff. (laughs) There's Um, lots of stuff played on Six Music. um, But but I feel like if you're a music fan, you just want to find brilliant stuff and you don't really care where it comes from necessarily. So, Mm. I found things that are on top of my 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 discovery playlist on my streaming service that were bands I fell in love with. I've had someone play a, a record on Six Music or Radio 1 and I found a little band from them, you know, I don't care where it comes from. Yeah. Um what I care is that people are someone is someone or something in an algorithm's case is finding those brilliant artists and putting them in front of people who who, who would like it. And in radio that is quite broad brush. It's like what's the What's the rinse FM audience? We, this will suit them. We'll play this or we love this. Um, and in streaming, it's it's much more like we know what you've listened to, we know what other people listen to, we gonna crunch all that data in an instant and play this to you. And we think you might like it. And in both cases, it can still be wildly off beam when you hear something go, This is terrible. I'm turning this station off. <laughs> I'm turning off Discover Weekly. It- so that's the kind of that's kind of the, the wonderful thing about recommending music is there is there is no there is no way to say for sure to anyone. Hundred percent, you will like this track. You will all like this track. Hmm. So, but I think, I think um, one message for artists maybe is like we've gone from this world where like how do I get played like, by this certain channel, this certain station, this broadcaster? Um, what do they want? And now it's like how do I get onto uh, people? You know, how do I get onto the big playlists? How do I get onto people's Discover Weekly or Discovery? Yeah, and you can often. Think so much about this, like how can I get onto X or Y? How can I be recommended? And this sounds really cliche, but maybe it is about just making the best music that, that you can, that you love, and then and then putting it out there. Like don't don't make your music trying to trying to get recommended in one way or another. Yeah. Make the music you think is brilliant, which is not it's not a really reassuring thing because you might make music you think is brilliant and no one hears it because it doesn't get on these things. Yeah. And, but.
0: But yeah, one, one sort of positive takeaway might be that, that, that we are entering into an environment where all of these things have a, a future. So, you know, uh. artists will need traditional radio. Other artists will need this kind of algorithmically lean-back streaming platform-style radio. And other artists will need uh, human-curated playlists. And other artists will be surfaced through algorithmic playlists. And it's it, it, if what it means is that the, all those four sectors, which run from all the way from human live radio to algorithmically mm. uh, driven lean back experiences, if they all thrive and audiences sort of align with these things and say, well, I, I like a bit of this and I like a bit of that, you, you kind of know as an artist where to go then, don't you? And you're more likely to be surfaced. So there could actually be, I mean, looking beyond the kind of how people get paid part, there could actually be a, a better environment rather than that. Like if you talk to artists saying, well, I'm going to upload this to via my distributor now, and I don't know what's going to, if the, if the algorithm will like it or not, which is not That's a great
1: we'll interest is it? And there are lots of just different micro stories around this. So for example, we've been talking a lot about UK specific stuff, but in American specific stuff, think about country music and country radio, which is traditionally country radio has been the powerful the, the dominant driving force of country music and getting discovered and heard is about being on the country radio stations. Yeah. Um, and now we're in the stream world, and, and we've I think we've written about country fans and moving to streaming and country yeah. artists are getting more streams, but in a streaming world, getting more streams as a country artist means you might find your way onto people's playlists who might like you, but wouldn't listen to a country radio station because they don't think of themselves as country fans. Like if you're a country artist, you might find yourself on playlists in the UK of people who like kind of Americana. You might find so so in that genre. There's this exciting moment of you're breaking out beyond the boxes of people who listen to country radio stations to mm-hmm. people who might like your music but maybe don't think of themselves as a country fan. So in that area, it's a very interesting blowing of the boundaries that could open up your horizons, it could give, give, give you new places to tour in, could reach new fans. So there's all these different assets. Like there's no way of saying radio and streaming's convergence is bad or good. In some parts of the world, there are concerns about it. In some parts of the world, there's excitement about it. And I think if you're an artist, it's just a, where where you are and just gauging really what it means to you, you and understanding what the impact has been, understanding if you mm. are getting more plays through these modes like radio or and what to do about it.
0: Mm. Well, I will link to a bunch of the articles that you've mentioned there uh, around uh, radio and streaming and and everything in between. And uh, you, the fair listener out there, can uh, check them out for yourself and see what you think. Uh, Stu, uh, colleague and head of insight, uh, thank you, as ever, for joining us mm. uh, here on Musical.ly Focus. Thank you. Right, there we go. A huge thanks again to Stu, uh, who is more than a colleague, of course. He is a, a trusted companion through this uh, complicated forest that is the music business. And, of course, uh, if you thought that his analysis... Uh, was helpful and good, which of course it was, Uh, you will find much more of Stu's amazing insight every day on musically.com slash news. And if you're a subscriber to Music Ally's bulletin newsletter, uh, you'll get it in your inbox every morning and you know that already. All right. Uh, If you found that useful, please do share the podcast on with someone else who you think will benefit from it. If you want to get in touch with me, I'd love to hear from you. you. You can email me as ever It's joe, J-O-E, at musically.com. You'll see uh, below the podcast, in the links, we have a free weekly email called The Knowledge, which comes out every Friday and rounds up bits and pieces of the best analysis, news, marketing insight, and learning, and so on from the wide range of services that Music Ally produces. So sign up and impress your boss. Uh, Thank you for listening. I've been Joe Sparrow, and you've been you. And until next time, farewell.